Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, the Hangtime Podcast. Wrapping up All-Star Weekend from Los Angeles. Looking forward to the stretch run of this NBA season. Seku Smith. Joined by John Schumann and Sean Paul for a little something we call Writers Only. Welcome here to the end of All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles, the Millennium Biltmore Hotel downtown here. Seku Smith from NBA.com. My colleagues, John Schumann, Sean Powell. A little something we like to call Writers Only, baby. Eastern Conference, guys. Cleveland made the transition at the trade deadline, which came before All-Star Weekend for the first time. Do you look at Cleveland now as the favorite again and with an opportunity to solidify that down the stretch? I think it's still uh, a three-team, anyone, anything can happen race. I think Toronto is really, really good. Top four on both ends of the floor. The only team that is in the top four on both ends of the floor. Boston still has the number one defense in the league. Still has Kyrie Irving late in games. Cleveland, you know, we don't know. We, we're going to see what happens. I think, you know, that's the team to watch over the last uh, two months of the season just to see can they improve defensively. Is LeBron James have more energy, especially on the, on the defensive end of the floor, more engaged on that end of the floor, take that team to, you know, a playoff-type level? I think it's more like a two-team race right now. I might eliminate the Celtics uh, from serious consideration. I love their defense and everything. I love their coach and everything. But I wonder if the wear and tear on Kyrie having to carry so much of the offensive load is going to cost them the deeper they go into the playoffs. Also, I like the balance of Toronto. But when we look at Cleveland after that trade, they're they're probably the one team of the three that has the most upside because we just don't know. All the scouting reports now just have to be erased and you have to start all over. How do you guard Rodney Hood? Uh, Larry Nance Jr., Ali Oops, LeBron James, rejuvenated now. This is not the LeBron James with the bad body language of a few weeks ago. This is also, this is LeBron James saying, hey, you know what? I've got this new crew here. They've got a lot of energy, and that energy is feeding to me. We might see a better LeBron James because of the trade. I keep feeling like we are not talking enough about Toronto. Are they, as presently constituted, capable of seriously challenging to make it to the finals? I think with, with the Raptors, even if you ignore sort of their playoff issues of the years past where their offense just, you know, defenses would take the ball out of DeMar DeRozan's hands, Kyle Lowry's hands, and they just didn't have it in their DNA to adjust to that. Their offense, and they've, they've passed the ball more. DeMar DeRozan is passing the ball, you know, more than he ever has. So, like, late in games, is he going to still have that trust in his teammates as, as he does, as we see in, in the first quarter of games? Finally, if you're looking at the Eastern Conference, is this that Groundhog Day thing with Cleveland again where no matter what they do in the regular season come playoff time, switch gets flipped, LeBron goes to that next level, and they're standing there at the end? This year they're a little bit worse. You know, they're not the same. You know, Kyrie Irving isn't there anymore. They may be able to get through the East without a great defense, but they're not beating a Golden State or a Houston without 
showing some improvement on that end of the floor, like right now, developing some habits, some better transition defense, better pick and roll defense, better rotations, better communication. I'd also would like to see how J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson are going to step up their game. You talk about defensively, you know, J.R. Smith was a very good defensive player, Tristan Thompson, very good defensive player. But they sort of lost their way here in the first half of the season, had their slumps offensively and defensively and disappeared uh, at times. And for championship tested players as they are, you know, in the end, those guys have to be uh, Loomis large, if not larger than the new guys coming in. The question still is, you know, whether or not it's a good enough team to beat the best team coming out of the West. For the first time since I can remember, there is a clear and present danger, and I and I mean that sincerely, to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference. Houston's legit. Are you looking at this Warriors team and wondering yourself, the way they went into the All-Star break, that they are indeed vulnerable to the Rockets or whoever else in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think they're a team to watch coming out of the break just to see if they can pick up the defense again. Uh, they rank 15th defensively since January 1st, and it's why they, they're now in second place going into the, into the post-break schedule. But I think it's all about Golden State and whether they can get back to being an elite defensive team. Can you just dial that back up, that defensive DNA that she was talking about, or does it take components to do that? I look at the Warriors right now and see a team where Steve Curry is trying to rest his players. So they haven't really been complete for a long stretch of games. But yes, Houston is a danger and you're going to have to be on top of your defensive game, particularly your perimeter defensive game to play the Rockets in the first round. But one word of caution about the Rockets. You've got three principal guys there who haven't really passed the test in the playoffs. That's Mike D'Antoni, James Harden and Chris Paul. Not saying they can't. But they haven't. Who has the greatest amount of pressure on them amongst James Harden, Chris Paul, Mike D'Antoni to do what you talked about, to break through in this postseason and to get that cloud from over? You know, it's hard because it's, I think it's shared. Uh, for D'Antoni, he has to put a system in place designed to beat the Warriors. With James Harden, this is his team. I know Chris Paul's here and he's made a big difference, but this is James Harden's team. He might win the MVP this year. It would be such a, a downfall. If he wins MVP, it's his turn, so to speak, has the best team in the West record-wise, and doesn't take that next step. And then with Chris Paul, you know, this is a guy who left the trail with the Clippers of not, you know, getting past the second round. And he's got to come in and show that he is indeed the difference maker on a team with D'Antoni, the offensive wizard, and also with James Harden. The West has a few more teams that are wild cards come playoff time than what you might find in the East. We don't talk about the San Antonio Spurs enough, I know. What is there to say about this team right now? They're, they're doing what the Spurs always do. Is it realistic to take them seriously as a championship contender without Kawhi Leonard, without knowing where he is on his timeline in terms of coming back and being effective? Yeah, I, I'm always nervous about saying the Spurs are done, you know, uh, they're out of their, you know, Pop, Popovich doesn't have any more magic left and things like that because they always, as you know, <laughs> jump up and, you know, shock you. But you still need that one guy who sends shivers to the other team. That one guy that the other team has to game plan against. They don't have that one guy in uniform. That one guy is sitting on the bench. It's just a big mystery uh, why he's still on the bench. The one team we haven't mentioned is Minnesota, who's in fourth, could be a a, a three seed if 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 the Spurs flip. I mean, they're a good offensive team. Jimmy Butler's an MVP candidate. Carl Anthony Towns is having a great season, but they just don't have that other level that they can take it to offensively. Does Steve Kerr 
have any more um, situations where he's going to need to turn over his whiteboard? Do you feel like the Warriors have to go to DEFCON, whatever, to to resuscitate their mojo for the, for the last two months and get back to being the team that's the favorite to win it all again? I look at Draymond Green. He's He hasn't been the defender that – he hasn't been an all uh, defensive player of the year candidate this year. And so I look at him and see if he can re-engage on that end of the floor while staying calm in regard to – the officiating. They really want this regular season to get over with more than anybody. I think that uh, they want to go into playoffs healthy, uh, rejuvenated. But yeah, that's the that's really the big fear with the Warriors, other than the Rockets really rising, is let's just get this over with, man. Got to thank Sean Powell and John Schumann, my colleagues from NBA.com, for our first of what may be more writers-only podcasts taking a look at the stretch run of this NBA season. Greg Anthony and John Schumann will be back with me next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say kuna matata.